Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 109. Once again, you've got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to do a gump cast of sorts, um, run through a few things, such as uh, talking about concealed carry classes, um, how to plan out you know, a successful gun store visit, um, and also get into um, some personal security type things. Absolutely. Uh, hey guys, the, the first thing I want to throw out there, um, starting off with a, a PSA, um, one of the things that we've heard a lot of folks talk about and then find and then and then find out that they're surprised to learn um, getting a concealed carry permit right now had a lot of new gun buyers in a lot of folks really interested in personal security um, or home defense, etc. And we generally direct those folks to a concealed carry class. Um, the concealed carry class will not teach you how to be a gunfighter in general, but it will give you a couple hours of nomenclature. You know, if you're new to guns, it sounds silly to, you know, those of us kind of entrenched in this that, you know, hey, this is a trigger. This is, a, you know, learning that a Glock has a, a slide lock and not a slide release. Um, learning, you know, what, you know, front sight, rear sight, learning what a slide is versus a frame and all those common things we think about, you know, uh, if you're new to the guns, you may not know what that is. Uh, you might be a gun person, and you may assume that some of that's worn off on the folks around you, but they may not know the nomenclature either. Um, the concealed carry class will give you a little bit of nomenclature training. It'll give you a little bit of basic safety training, um, probably some stuff around storage, not just necessarily safe handling, you know, keeping your finger off the trigger and all those things that should be obvious that maybe aren't. Um, but also how to store a gun properly, how to have it locked up, how to use the lock that comes with it with a handgun, things of that nature. Um, and then beyond that, the legal aspect, the, the, we, we call concealed carry classes generally how to not shoot the wrong person class or how to not shoot somebody that doesn't need shot class. Um, the two hours of range time that you're going to spend, or or if it's a class that's even a little bit heavier on range time, you're again, not going to learn how to be a gunfighter. You'll hopefully learn the basics of grip, sight alignment, um, you know, sight picture, sight alignment and trigger press, learn just the basics of those things and maybe get some reps in with them. Uh, and if you get all that done in a concealed carry class, that would be a pretty daggone good class. Uh, the other, is those classes are really backed up right now. We're seeing a number of places that are pushing out in months back order or back, you know, lead time, not not weeks. Uh, along with that, your local sheriff's office, if your local sheriff's office is open for concealed carry renewals, which it may not be, you'll definitely want to check in. Um, then you know, find a local sheriff's office that will do that for you that has less than a six week or eight week lead time is going to be maybe a little bit difficult right now. So be aware of that. Um, there are some rural offices that aren't backed up. There are some rural offices that aren't open either though, because of having a small force of deputies. Um, if, you know, if COVID hit them hard, then they may not have people on the road uh, or they may be pulling people out of office work and out onto the road because they need bodies on the road. So just be aware that some of these places may be backed up and that's something that is subject to change with lightning speed. Um, when COVID hits a, a sheriff's office or a fire department or a police department, things of that nature, it generally hits them pretty hard because those guys work in fairly close proximity for part of the day, come in for briefings and things of that nature. And it gets, if it does get spread, it seems to get spread pretty quickly. Um, you know, so keep, you know, so, you know, think about what they may be going through as you're looking into this and understand that if, you know, if getting your driver's license renewed is a miserable experience, um, you know, from a time perspective, this may be something that's relatively difficult right now too. So give yourself ample time for renewal and understand if you're new to it, that it may take, you know, a little longer than what you're hearing folks say, you know, oh, I got mine in, you know, a week or two kind of thing. So just, just be aware of that kind of a, again, a, a PSA for that. Um, also another reason why constitutional carry is a good idea. Yeah. Amen. And that would be another great reason to push through to your reps and stuff like that. 
um, you know, that, you know, supporting a why do I have to say mother may I to carry a firearm as a defensive tool, um, all of a sudden, because that's a relatively new thing under the history of our country, um, you know, in most places across this country, you didn't have to get a concealed carry permit uh, until here the last 20, 30 years. Previous to that, it was if you had a reason to carry a gun, carry a gun. And, and don't be felonious about it. Don't be an idiot. So, um, but anyway, so that's, that's a whole nother topic we should cover at some point. Um, all gun laws are infringements on your rights, Yes. but we'll go there later. So cool. Um, this is not an etiquette, uh, uh, bitch session for us. This is not going to be a, um, stupid stuff. We've seen kind of comments and stuff like that. This is more about helping you get um, the, the best experience you can get at the store when you come in to get accessories and stuff like that for your specific toys and tools. Um, we could sit here and, and talk about, you know, folks who come in that are blowhards and tell stories about stuff they know nothing about. We could sit here and talk about people who, well, this is my gun and some, you know, jack wagon, you know, has their gun out or the 13 million unloaded guns that bullets fall out of, you know, that were confirmed unloaded, but a bullet still fell out or had a loaded mag in them or whatever. It's, it's not about that. Um, funny story about that though. Uh, one of the local stores just had a guy at the scope counter pull out his hog leg and show it off and shoot two people with one shot. Uh, this is the same guy that probably couldn't hit five people with 10 shots if he was in an actual gunfight, uh, but managed to put a hole in two innocent people accidentally. That's the biggest reason why when somebody wants to pull their gun out in the gun store, we get a little nervous because not everybody knows what they're doing. So, uh, but anyway, without yeah, without going into that topic because that's a that's an all day kind yeah. of thing that could be a lot of fun. Um, it could also sound kind of crybabyish, so we're not going to do that. Um, gun store assistance. Um, the, the single best thing you can do, uh, a lot of folks right now have had COVID money, um, or maybe they're making overtime like crazy, or, or they just have money to burn, um, you, know, a, you know, whatever that may be, tax money, and you want to get your gun, you want to go buy another gun, buy another rifle, because it's America, and that's what we should be doing, is buying up all the rifles and all the ammo. Uh, but maybe right now you can't get rifles or ammo. But you've got a couple of guns that you want to get gussied up and you've got some some bonus money or COVID money burning a hole in your pocket. Um, unload that gun, triple check it, throw it in a case, bring it into the store. Um, we'll triple check it once it's in here and then take a look and we'll see what we've got that fits on your gun. Um, that's a that's great for rifles. It's great for shotguns. Um, different rifles have different you know systems to mount things on them. And if you've got the gun with you, well, a lot of times especially if it's on a weekday during the day, we can throw pieces, parts on your gun and kind of gin things up and see how they fit, see if they fit, etc. Um, so, you know, if you can bring the gun with you, if it's a handgun, same conversation, bring it with you, unload it, case it up, bring it in. Um, that way we know there are a lot of off brand accessories out there for, for products like Glocks and SIG P320s um, and some other guns that have become very, very popular that the aftermarket has gone after very aggressively some of those parts have non-standard mounting systems for optics and stuff like that. If you've got the gun with you and maybe even the manual with you, um, you know, we can identify what maybe goes on that gun a little more easily and, and get you set up. And, and it, it will prevent you the disappointment of you getting home, having spent a fair amount of money to find that whatever you bought doesn't fit on it. Um, and one of the examples I'll throw out there, Sig Sauer handguns have mounting slots um, curiously enough, not necessarily for SIG optics, but for Leopold Delta Point Pros. Uh, Big Army, when they went with the M17, M18 program, uh, chose the Leopold Delta Point Pro. I have no idea why they chose that optic to go. Big Army. Yeah, because it's Big Army. I have no idea why they chose that optic to go on a 
on a working or a combat handgun because it's a fairly fragile optic. Remember, they also chose the M17 yeah. platform. Yeah, when it before it worked actually. Um, now that work. it's been fixed, but anyway, um, yeah. So there's a conversation around you know those kind of things. Every once in a while, the manufacturer, the OEM manufacturer of a product, does some weirdness with accessories. And then after that, you know, beyond that, there are a lot of folks out there making aftermarket grip modules, aftermarket slide modules, especially for the 320, because the trigger pack is essentially the gun. Um, see the same thing with Glocks. Um, you know, somebody's picked up a Glock somewhere. Um, it's been uh, custom cut for some type of optic. Um, you know, if you bring it in, maybe we can take a look and compare hole patterns with a Leupold or with a Burris or with a Trigicon or with a Hollow Sun with a number of different optics and maybe get an idea of what fits on that gun. Um, you know, rather than dragging home and going, ah, crap, the whole pattern doesn't match up. Now you're returning something. Um, you know, it just makes life easier for everybody if you can bring it with you. Uh, having said that, the next best, the next best thing is going to be take uh, detailed photographs. Almost everybody carries a, a phone of some sort now that takes pictures around with them uh, and has a billion pictures of their kids, their cats, um, whatever project it is they're working on, different things of that nature. Take some detailed photos of your gun. Um, we're going to run some things that you you know may consider getting specific photos of. Um, number one is going to be to put a ruler next to the gun and do an overall length measurement of the gun with a tape measure with the with the stock or arm brace in the fully closed position and in the fully open position. Uh, that way, if you're looking at buying a bag or something like that or a hard case for your gun, you know for sure that it's going to fit in it in the configuration you want it in the gun. Um, same thing if you're running, especially if you're running something like a law folder on a small gun. Having that folder rolled over and a ruler next to it, if you can't bring the gun with you, at least gives you an overall length of it folded, and we can take a ruler over to one of the Vertex bags or one of the carry cases or something like that and drop a ruler down in it and say, okay, yeah, you've got a little bit of room here. I think you'd be okay. Uh, but, you know, taking a photo OAL would be a great thing to do in whatever configuration matters to you or in all configurations, folded down small and opened up large. Uh, it's going to save you maybe a trip to bring something back that it didn't quite fit in. Um, you know, along with that, um, if you can get a photograph, especially with a ruler in it of the length of the gas port or the gas block race, um, you know, where the gas blocks mounted on the gun, um, a lot of folks doing builder guns and stuff like that right now. Uh, when you talk about 16 inch barrels, a lot of folks don't realize that that barrel can have a carbine gas port. Um, it can have a mid-link gas port and in some cases, even a rifle link gas port, depending on manufacturer or caliber. Yeah. Depending on those different things. So, you know, understanding that if you can get a picture of the barrel or a picture of the handguard with the barrel, you know, underneath it, where you can see the gas block. Uh, the other thing is if you, if you had the ability, you know, if you have calipers and you can take a measurement or if you can lay a ruler across the gas block race and then step back a little bit further with the phone. So you're not right on top of it. So you're not getting a fisheye effect. You can probably get close enough for us to tell is that a 750 gas block, a 625 gas block, or whatever. Um, had a customer in yesterday, uh, super hot to build a, a new a new 65 build, I think, and unfortunately um, didn't know what gas block size he had. And and I and I think we saved him the trouble of buying the wrong one. Um, but you know, a little bit of a learning curve because you don't realize that you know there's there's four or five different gas block journal sizes. And if it's not something you deal with on a regular basis, it's super easy to go home with the wrong one. Um, and I just hate to see somebody, you know, spend hard-earned money and then have to return something and, and just the waste of time, gas, and whatever right now. Uh, you know, so if you can get a photograph of those things, uh, appropriate. And then on that measurement, if you've got a set of calibers, if you can mic it, that's great too. Um, you know, so, you know, definitely, if you can do that, do that. Another thing that photograph of the front end of the gun, the handguard's going to give you is, is it M-Lock or key mod? or proprietary old school MOE, 
um, some of the roundabout the stuff, yeah, or the rounded out stuff that you know that uh, LM, uh, that LWRC does. Um, if you've got a when you're taking that pick of the front end of the gun, that's also going to give us detail on what mounting system the gun has on it. And and you know it, there's there's no embarrassment to to not know if your gun's M lock or key mod or whatever. There's so much of this crap floating around. If it's not something you do on a day to day basis, it's a lot to keep up with. If you're nerds like us, you know it's almost like, well, how do you not know that? Um, if you're not doing it every day, we, we, we get it. We can take a step back from that. Uh, we have a lot of key mod and M-Lock accessories both in stock, as well as some stuff in pick attachments for Picatinny rails. So if we know what that is and have a picture of it, we can, we can generally ID it pretty quickly. The other thing is some of the proprietary stuff looks very similar, but there's differences, minute differences that we'll be able to see immediately and say, hey, those are not those holes. Those elongated slots are not rectangular enough on the ends. Um, you know, so if you know, so if it's something you're new to or your buddy's new to, you know, get a picture of it and bring it in and help them out. Um, as well, forends. A lot of the forends have built-in um, holes for QDs. They've got female three-eighths-inch holes for QD sling swivels. Um, that can be a little bit dicey because sometimes those holes don't have enough depth. For the detent balls to engage sometimes they do um, if you can get an up close picture of that hole we generally can say hey that doesn't have the detents milled into it or that's thin enough that it should work um you know and again if you bring the gun with us we'll throw the sling on it and you can try it out so you can practice killing canadians in the back you know yeah same thing taking a picture of the stock yes gives us a good idea of you know, do you have a sling qd in the stock do we need to weave the sling into the stock yep um some of those kind of things too. Yeah, and weaving the sling, and, and again, a lot of that stuff we can do for you if the gun's with you. Um, you know, we can show you how we set our guns up. There is a, a method to the madness to some extent about running slings outboard and doing some things that at first seem odd. Um, but if you look at your sling, you know, you may not understand what some of those slots are for. Yeah, they're for a sling mount, but how do you utilize them? And then, you know, as many, as, as many hundred slings as I put on guns, every once in a while I have to look at a triglide and go, What's the best way to run this through there so that it doesn't twist or do dumb stuff um, or just look like crap? So, uh, you know, because aesthetics matter, right? So, you know, there's a little bit of that that going on. Um, you know, the, so all those things as well, um, getting a, a picture of the back end of the gun too. If you open your stock up all the way and can get a detailed picture of the buffer tube, if you're wanting to replace your stock um, or if you've got an arm brace and you're looking at doing something with that, be cautious with that. We don't want to turn a rifle, a pistol into a rifle because it's got to stay that way. We surely don't want to turn a rifle into a pistol because that's, that's illegal. Um, but if you can get a picture of the buffer tube or if it's for your buddy's gun, you know, if he can send you a picture of his buffer tube or something like that, if, if you're going to the gun store and you're going to try and pick something up for your buddy, have him snap a few pictures real quick and send them, you know, text them over to you. Um, because if we can generally look at a photo of the buffer tube, even a partial photo, as long as we can see the bottom lug, we can tell you if it's a, if it's a, if it's a commercial tube or if it's a mil spec tube. And then, you know, if it's a, if there's no lug, it's a pistol tube, etc., and go from there. And if there's a quick pick of the gun, generally you can look at it pretty easily and go, Hey, that's under 16 inches. We probably don't want to get a stock for that. Um, and again, not to pick on anybody. We just have a lot of folks who are new to this. Um, and they like the idea of, yeah, you know, I, I've got, it's got this arm brace thing on it, but I really like the way uh, XYZ stock looks on it. I put my buddies on it to try it out, and it's like, um, you can't do that. It's a pistol. You know, let's be open to those conversations and, and a little bit of that guidance, because when we say stuff like that to you, I'm not saying it to embarrass you. I'm saying it to you because I'm greedy. Um, if you're in jail, you can't come in and spend money with me. 
and I don't like it when you can't come in and spend money with me. And then me personally, I'm too pretty to go to jail. I've got soft hands. I'd be super popular. Um, you know, so just keep those things in mind. A lot of times if we throw out that piece of advice or say, hey, don't do that. That's illegal. Um, we're not saying that because we're trying to upsell you or move you over to something we have in stock. We're saying that because we literally don't want you to go to jail. I won't tell you something's illegal that's not actually illegal. And if I don't know it's illegal and I'm not sure, I'll tell you, hey, I wouldn't do that. Here's why I think that might be illegal. Um, and we're not preaching at you or trying to make you feel bad or trying to, you know, anything like that. It's not about that. It's, it's just about trying to keep people out of trouble because there's a lot to what the ATF's rules are that sometimes even, you know, the quote unquote pros like us behind the counter don't necessarily have all the answers. Uh, beware the guy who knows everything. Um, really beware the guy who tells you he knows everything because um, he probably is a dipshit. Yeah. That's where I'm at with that. So, um, so yeah, so gun store assistance, you know, photos are a really big deal. Um, it, it, the other thing, too, uh, if you have a sling, but it's not on the gun, somebody gifted you a sling, take a picture of the sling. Maybe it's already got QDs on it. Um, maybe it's a one-inch sling rather than an inch and a quarter webbing sling. There's some different nuances like that. Um, you know, it, it, uh, photographs, any photographs you can get of any single pieces part you want to play with. Um or and or photographs of the manual of a spec page in the manual you have something like a scope uh if you bought a scope somewhere because you got a screaming deal on it and you want to come in and buy a scope mount uh but you get here and you don't know if it's a one inch a 30 millimeter a 34 millimeter or a 35 millimeter um you know that that could be problematic because if you don't know the exact model and a lot of times you know folks who get a deal on something their buddy told them it's really good they may not even know the brand necessarily. It's just a good deal from a buddy who they trust. Or they know the brand, but not the model. Exactly. And, you know, so by all means, if you can, you know, get a photo of it with a ruler, you know, underneath it or something like that, that might get us close enough to give you a tube dimension if it's 30 versus 34 or 30 versus one inch. Um, but the other thing that's going to matter is, you know, it's, it's just going to be, you know, making sure that we can make all that stuff work out for you. Uh, photos are great. If you can get a, if you have the manual for the scope, there's usually a spec sheet that tells you, weight, length, diameter, etc. Get a photo of that too. And that way we can talk intelligently about it and probably get you set up um, and go from there. So, um, you know, again, so throwing this out there with the idea of, you know, saving you the extra trip to the shop and things of that nature. Um, this also applies to a few other items in the store that are more like clothing or apparel oriented. We don't do a lot of clothing per se, but we do sell belts. Uh, a lot of folks will come in and, and they're, maybe they're not wearing a belt today or they're not wearing the belt that they would normally wear if they were carrying the gun, etc. Um, I, I, I completely don't understand that because, I mean, I just don't understand how you even get up in the morning and don't just put your belt on with your, your gun on with your underwear. Um, you know, I walk around the house in my underwear with my gun jammed in my underwear. Um, there's nothing else there, so why not put a gun in it? So, uh, But the reality check is, you know, if you've got a gun belt, per se, that you, maybe your job prevents you from, you know, you can't have your gun at work, so you just don't wear it in the morning or whatever, um, get a picture of your belt with a tape measure next to it. If you lay it out flat, put a tape measure next to it, take a picture. We can get that from one end to the other measurement, and that will generally be close enough. Most gun belts have enough uh, adjustment one way or the other. The Volan stuff has probably six to eight inches of adjustment pretty easily. Uh, the Magpul belts run in three-quarter inch dimensions between the belt holes, but it's like a seven-inch run dimension-wise. Um, so there's a lot of slack there. If you can just get us close with that, you know, that measurement if you're not wearing the belt or it's a specific belt that you only use on the range or only use for training, that's cool. But get a photo of it with a tape measure. Um, same thing if you're replacing an existing gun case or something like that. If, if you know your gun fits an XYZ case, 
lay a tape measure across to get a picture of it or see what the specs are on it and make a note of that. Um, the last thing would be, well, probably not the last thing, but the last thing that's coming to my feeble little mouse brain, um, holster clips. If you buy a holster, most holster makers have gone back to inch and a half attachments. Um, there are a lot of good inch and a half gun belts out there at this stage of the game. Um, it used to be that all of the stuff, uh, all the good, all the big brand names, I'm trying to think of who, who were the cool old school TDI, uh, not TDI belts, but gun sight belts, like, uh, wilderness, Tactical. wilderness tacticals, you know, those were all inch and three quarter belts. And so the clips back then were a lot bigger. If you've got a, and there is some wisdom to running an inch and three quarter clip on an inch and a half belt. If you're running in a position where you're in a car a lot and you need to be able to squish the gun around to make it comfortable versus having it lock up dead nuts locked into place uh, like some of the appendix rigs with dual clips if you're running an inch and three quarter belt it wallows around a little bit and if you want it to be fast and locked in if you've got two inch and a half clips on an inch and a half belt it's going to be locked exactly where you want it so it's a little bit of how you wear it understanding that but again take a quick measurement of your clips take a quick measurement of your belt and make sure everything's going to work together or see if we need to maybe try and source some other sized attachments things of that nature um so, so that, that's kind of the, the sermon on, on, you know, helping you guys get stuff in here. Oh, the last thing I'll throw out there. Um, if you have plate carriers or war belts um, with Molly type systems on them or other types of attachment systems on them, take a pick of that real quick. Um, you'd be amazed how many plate carriers now have gone slick and don't have Molly stuff on them, but they've got laser cuts for you to put G hooks in and stuff like that. Um, if you got a new plate carrier and you're not familiar with the terminology, um, I was in the Air Force. We never, we, I didn't, we never had a discussion around Molly or attachments for web gear and crap like that because I was a wrench turner. Uh, there was no need for it. I mean, you guys had pocket protectors. Exactly. Well, I, I, I didn't have a pocket protector. I didn't work in ops, um, you know, <laughs> but I, I saw them on base. Um, but yeah, if you're, you know, if you're out and about and you get a picture of that, of the plate carrier, um, or, or know the make and model, uh, same thing with the war belt, get a picture of the war belt, the spacing and stuff like that. Um, some of the off brand stuff, if you, some of the gun show special stuff may or may not be to the proper spec for Bali or pals webbing. Um, so, you know, if you can throw a tape measure on it again, throw a tape measure on it vertically and horizontally and take a couple picks, that'll help too with getting the correct pouches and stuff like that. Um, to mount on there and make sure that you're not buying uh, belt mount pouches for a PALS mount system or PALS mount pouches for a belt mount system. And then also allows us to have a conversation to show you which ones are cross compatible because some can be run either way. So um, I know I'm missing some stuff there. Is there anything else you can think of that it would help to have photos with a ruler or a tape measure in offhand for fitments? Yeah, that's that's most of the stuff. Yeah. Um, so the, the M-Lock versus Keymod versus Picatinny is super common. Yep. Um, especially guys sending in their significant other or their buddy to pick something up. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, assume that you're, you're, whoever you're sending knows less about what you have than you do. Um, yeah. Giving or Equipping that, that person with a photo um, just makes your life a lot easier um, unless you finish your project today and not next week. Yeah, it, it well, and like I said, it's just really disappointing to think you're going to be able to wrap something up or install a new G-Gar widget on your favorite blaster to find out that, oh, crap, it doesn't fit. So, um, yeah, so, you know, just some guidance maybe to help, like I said, make that visit to the gun store a, a little more a little more uh, functional, a little more fruitful, so for sure. Um, we're going to throw out the last we're going to end with a PSA as well. Um, guys, we, we have a, a ton of customers that come in the store that are public safety guys. 
Uh, a lot of firemen, a lot of medics, paramedics, etc. Some EMT guys that work for different areas around here. A lot of law enforcement guys and 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 a fair amount of dot mill guys uh, that come in and they're buying you know personal gear, maybe some stuff for duty, um, or or they're guys who work you know either tactical law enforcement or do undercover work. And and these guys are pretty serious about not necessarily wanting everybody around to know who they are. And we go to great pains. Um, you know, to not necessarily talk overtly about what it is that they do unless they bring it up. Um, if you're, you know, those guys do that because they don't necessarily know who's standing behind them or standing around them. And let's face it, there are occasions where bad guys do go into gun stores to purchase stuff like ammo and accessories and stuff like that. You need the beams and the stendos, um, you know, so in the hollow tips. Um, so, you know, th- those guys are you know, pretty serious about that. And there's a reason for it. Um, as, as a civilian, you know, if you want to come in the gun store and talk about the guns that you have and stuff like that, that's always cool. We always want to talk to you about builds and, and accessories and how to pimp stuff out because that's how we sell stuff. But there's a reality check that, you know, bragging about the 14 million guns that you have when you don't necessarily know who's around you. Um, you know, we know a lot of our customers, but not necessarily all of our customers. And, and unfortunately for us, that's something that's changed a little bit over the last year with, with the Corona stuff going on. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, going to your favorite mega gun store and finding out it's going to take three hours just to get in the door. Um, the reality check is, uh, unfortunately you can Google gun stores near me and, and we're one of the ones that shows up. So we've had some, that's been really good to bring in new customers who maybe didn't know we were here, but unfortunately it's, it's also brought in some folks that, um, you know, we joke around about sometimes it's like a Cheech and Chong movie where, you know, you watch the car pull up and they open the doors and the smoke rolls out. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, come in here reeking. I mean, it smells like a freaking frat house in Athens on a Saturday night in the spring. You know, I mean, there's just weed everywhere. Um, you know, that, that's a fairly easy person to spot, but you never know, you know, who's some local places in central Ohio have had incidences of bad guys marking cars, putting a sticker on a car, marking a tire whatever, and then following that person. Um, with the, you know, with, you know, with the idea of robbing them or something like that, or following them where they live and then wait till they go to work the next day and and hitting their house or something like that. Um, you know, if if you don't know everybody in the gun store, the conversation's not fairly free, consider reining in maybe a little bit about what you got going on from a personal security standpoint. And I hate to say this because I don't want to quash conversation ever, but by the same token, I, I, it's just, we don't necessarily know everybody in here all the time. And, and some folks will come in and man, you start bragging about all the stuff you got. And then you, in your, you see that one guy in the corner, you don't know. And you're like, going, Hmm, wonder how much of this, this guy's listening to, you know, that kind of thing. So just be a little bit cautious with that. Then maybe it's not necessarily just in the gun store. Maybe it's out and about, um, you know, coworkers and stuff like that. If you don't know your coworkers super well, and you're bragging about your new blaster, um, not from a political perspective, but not knowing if one of your coworkers, uh, maybe has a nefarious past and is trying to keep himself straightened out, but maybe he's still got a brother-in-law or a buddy who who makes money in that fashion, um, and he can give him a tip and maybe get a bump out of it somehow. Um, not everybody trying to clean their life up is trying really hard. So just be a little cautious with personal security. Um, the world's changing. And and then the other part of it would be <laughs> who's going to turn you into the to the Gestapo? Um, you know, we, yeah, we, we have some guys here who their workplaces require them to wear masks whenever they're in public, whether they're at work or not. Um, 
and we're hearing some of the Gestapo-like stories of coworkers seeing somebody out and about and turning somebody in and stuff like that for whatever. Um, you know, who knows what your political environment is at work or, or wherever. So I, I definitely don't want to tell anybody to be less to a positive or less to a vocal. Um, but at the same time, you know, just, just be aware of your audience and know that maybe not everybody in there is, is on your side or quite as like you as you'd like to think they are. So I hate to end with that, but personal security matters. Same thing with putting gun stickers, Glock stickers, uh, Colt stickers, 556 stickers on your vehicle and stuff like that. Um, you know, putting those kind of stickers splattering all over your vehicle is to the bad guys. Uh, it's not a warning. It's a smash glass and grab gun here. Um, and a lot of folks just don't think of it like that. You know, you're loud and proud with your 2A stuff, but the reality check is the bad guys look at those cars and, and know, hey, there, there's probably a gun in here. Um, at the very least, there's probably some really cool gear in that backpack on the back seat. So just be aware of that personal security aspect of this stuff. Um, it, it, it just be cautious around it. That's all. It's, like I said, the world's gotten a little weird. So I think I'm going to stop preaching. Yeah. Cool. Uh, on that note, as long as they let us stick around, um, we were at Facebook and Instagram, uh, search for Cap City Outfitters. As we get new inventory, like guns, ammo, gear, etc., all the cool stuff, um, that's where it gets posted. Uh, if you see something you like on there, please feel free to give us a shout. We can take a credit card deposit over the phone. Uh, once a week, we do an email newsletter. It comes out on Fridays. You can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, or send us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com, and we'll happily add you to the newsletter list. Um, on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, you can find valuable information such as how to do an FFL transfer along with how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront on silencershop.com. Uh, lastly, we look forward to seeing you in the store. Uh, we are in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We're right in front of the Aldi's. Um, we're directly next to Louie's Fusion Grill. Chicken Mavongo. Mm, chicken Mavongo. Good. Uh, we're running, uh, we're 10 to 5 Tuesday through Saturday. Um, we're trying to keep a reasonable number of people in the store, um, for social distancing to keep the tyrannical mini mic happy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Come join our protest guys. Thank you.